Welcome back to hour number two of Sports Talk with Jim. Glad to have you here. Want to take this time to remind you to check us out on the website. Check out the website at www.sportstalkwithjim. Check us out on Facebook, Sports Talk with Jim, and on Twitter. I'm still not sure how that's going. My The guy I got managing that account has become awful hard to get a hold of, but... Uh, also, I want to remind you, you know what, if you, you enjoy the show, whether you don't enjoy the show, tell a friend about the show, maybe they'll enjoy it. You can check us out on uh, six different platforms, Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. So make sure you uh, tell a friend to check out the show. If you're listening to the show, make sure you follow or rate the show on any platform that you're listening to the show. We sure do appreciate your support, and like I said, tell a friend about it. I mean, even if you don't like it and you think I'm a dumbass up here talking sports, who knows, maybe your friend likes dumbasses. We're going to get into a little bit of NBA. You know what, like I told you, I haven't watched the NBA in years. I mean, faithfully. I'll catch a game here and there, but I haven't watched it faithfully in years, and with me doing the show and with the show starting and everything, I knew I had to get back into watching the NBA. And now part of the reason, like like I said before, part of the reason I got away from watching the NBA was because of, of the players getting together and now they call it player empowerment. And just building these powerhouse teams, I didn't see it that way. I, di- I didn't. I didn't like what the game had become. It, it went from an NBA probably more than any other sport. You you find fans that they don't root for teams; they root for certain players. So I kind of got away from that. But this is, this year with the show starting up, I knew it was time. That I had to watch uh, more NBA. Uh, NBA. I had to get back into watching the NBA on television. So of course I have, and you know what? I gotta say I'm intrigued by the NBA this year. And I know the season's young. I know the season's just started, but I found things to be intrigued about. One thing this past week to be intrigued about was a fight. Uh, Joel Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns, 76ers, and the Timberwolves. There's not enough fighting in the NBA anymore. Now, nobody gets hurt. Nobody throws punches. I mean, you th- they throw a punch, but how many punches have you seen land in the NBA? Very few. Nobody wants to hurt anybody. But it was fun when they kind of beat up on each other. Back in the day. It was fun watching the Bad Boy Pistons. The Bad Boy Pistons, you, 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 I mean, Isaiah Thomas, Bill Lambeer, I mean, Dennis Rodman. You always got that feeling that it was going to break out into a bench-clearing brawl. And it was just going to be, it was going to be like the WWE, and you were going to have a battle royal right there in the middle of the palace at Auburn Hills. I mean, you, you just waited for it. But in being towns, they got into it uh, Wednesday night. Both, both players would be suspended for two games. And, of course, I mean, everybody runs out to break it up. Uh, towns threw a punch. Like I said, these punches don't land. I don't know why they can't land punches. I mean, what do you think that is? And think about it. He, boxer throws a punch, he can land a punch. Football players land punches against a helmet. I don't, I don't know why a football player even throws a punch. I can't explain that, but they will land. And then you got to hope your guy doesn't break his hand when he hits a helmet, but they do land. But basketball players can't land a punch. Is, is, it, because, is it because their arms are so long? 
they can't properly throw the punch or I don't understand it. But anyhow, Towns' punch didn't land. Um, supposedly Embiid uh, ended up poking Towns in the eye with his thumb. I mean, like I said, WWE days, go back to Ric Flair, dirtiest player in the game, baby. Woo! But the two were ejected, and uh, both of them will serve two game suspensions. Ben Simmons, the Timberwolves are irate that Ben Simmons didn't get anything. Uh, the officials saw him as a peacemaker, but in the video you can say you can see Simmons. Uh, he he's choking out Carl Anthony Towns. At the bottom of the pile. he I mean, he's choking him out. He, he's giving him everything he's got. And Ben Simmons isn't... He gets nothing. He's a peacemaker. That's a hell of a peacemaker. I mean, that's like... That's like going to a drive-by shooting and the, all you shoot is the guy that's shooting everyone else. You still did something wrong. You know? The drive-by shooting, the guy in the car... And this is probably a sensitive subject, and uh, we went to, we've already talked about the pussification of America, but so we won't use that. We'll use a, say a fist fight. Well, this is a fist fight, so you know what, you, you're involved in the fight, but you get nothing because you're choking a guy out. It'd be something if he if he had his his forearm wrapped around one of his own players throat if he had it wrapped around Joa Embiid's throat holding him back but he they're on the floor he's not holding Carl Anthony Towns back he's choking him out he's trying to choke him out sticking up for his player sticking up for Embiid he's choking him out he's not a peacemaker he's involved in the fight so I don't see how that is. But still, it's good TV. Good TV makes me glad I'm watching the NBA again. Now one thing I do want to talk about is last week. Last week I talked about how everyone was down on the, the Golden State Warriors. And I couldn't see it this early in the season. Everyone was writing them off. So last week I said, you know what, you got Steph Curry there. Steph Curry, an MVP, two-time MVP. Still got Draymond Green there. A lot of young players. Clay Thompson will be back hopefully sometime after the All-Star break. There's no way Golden State doesn't make the playoffs. I said last week, probably uh, between a 6 and an 8 seed, Golden State Warriors will make the playoffs. Golden State Warriors will make the playoffs, and they will be a threat to any other team in the playoffs. Your Los Angeles Lakers, Clippers, maybe not the Clippers. I, I still think the Clippers are the team to beat this year. But the Rockets, the Denver Nuggets, I think still be a threat. That was last week. I said it right here on the show. I said I am not giving up on the Golden State Warriors. Well, now here it is a week later, and I am here to tell you I am officially giving up on the Golden State Warriors. Not because they didn't look good, but because Steph Curry, again, two-time MVP Steph Curry, broke his left hand. Had to have surgery to repair his broken left hand. He'll be out for three months. Three months they'll be without Steph Curry. Three months Draymond Green will be leading the Golden State Warriors. Three months. 45 games. 45 games the Golden State Warriors will play 45 games without Steph Curry... Or Clay Thompson. And I saw that Draymond Green was hurt, hurt his finger or something. And I'm not sure if he played today or not. But 
I saw reports that he wouldn't play today. So, I mean, Golden State is definitely in trouble. And with Steph Curry being out three months, I don't. I now I got to jump on the bandwagon with everyone else. I've got to jump on the bandwagon with everyone else and say that the Golden State Warriors are probably not a playoff team. The Golden State Warriors, like I said last week, will be a sixth through eighth seed. Now that you've got Draymond Green and D'Angelo Russell leading the Golden State Warriors for the next 45 games, 45 games at least, three months without Steph Curry. They got 51 games to the All-Star break, which at the very, very earliest will be when Klay Thompson comes back. So I'm here to tell you, I'm here to wave the white towel, and I'm not a Golden State Warriors fan, but I I did support him last week on the show. I did stand up for him last week on the show. And while I'm not a fan, I will be, I am here tonight to wave the white towel and throw in the season for the Golden State Warriors. There's no way they can get it done without Steph Curry. No way. Now, my thoughts last week was that Curry would keep him relevant until the All-Star break, until a little after the All-Star break. You get Clay Thompson back, then make a push. Maybe get, the West is always bunched up, so maybe slide into a sixth spot at best, but still make the playoffs. But then you'd have Clay. And Steph, Draymond Green. Still not sure where D'Angelo Russell falls into this mix when they get clayed back. But I thought they had enough to at least scare some playoff teams. Now, like I said, I never picked them to win the West. Don't mistake me there. I, I never said they were going to win the West. From day one, I've said, uh, one, I've told you it was I wouldn't give you my predictions on the NBA until after Christmas. But I did come out and say that I think the Clippers are the best team in the NBA. And I still think that. But without Steph Curry, the Golden State Warriors probably are not. Everyone last week that was saying they were not a playoff team, they were wrong last week when Steph Curry was still available, when Steph Curry was still playing. But that's that's the way of professional sports. A week later, everybody else is right, and I'm wrong. Because I don't see any chance of the Golden State Warriors making the playoffs without Steph Curry until right around the All-Star break. And Klay Thompson until sometime after the All-Star break. In my eyes, it just doesn't happen. But, like I said, I'm intrigued by the NBA. I haven't really picked a team. Like I said, I'm a Dwight Howard fan. Uh, I don't think anybody has a team, as I said earlier. I don't think anybody that watches the NBA, that, that, that faithfully watches the NBA and roots, they don't root for teams anymore. They root for players. So, and that goes against everything in my being to root for just a player. Now, I could... I could be a front runner and jump on with the Los Angeles Clippers and Kawhi Leonard, and I do like Kawhi Leonard. I do like Paul George. I also, also, because I am a Dwight Howard fan, I could jump on the Lakers bandwagon. Or I could just sit back and enjoy all this. And that's what I've done so far, and I'm enjoying it. What I'm enjoying is six games into the season, the Los Angeles Clippers are already practicing load management with Kawhi Leonard. Six games into the season, Kawhi Leonard is going to take a game off for load management. This isn't going away, people. This is not going away. You're going to see more and more load management. 
LeBron James is playing less minutes now than he has throughout his career, and that's going to continue. It's only a matter of time before LeBron James and Anthony Davis are getting nights off. It's just that simple. It's only a matter of time before Kyrie Irving is getting nights off. It's only a matter of time before James Harden and Russell Westbrook are getting nights off. Load management's here to stay. I mean, it started with baseball, with the pitch count, with pitchers. And now, last year, with Kawhi Leonard, with his load management, and the Toronto Raptors winning the NBA title, load management's here to stay. So get used to it. Now, unfortunately, if you're that fan that buys a ticket, a a very high-priced ticket to go to an NBA game, you don't know if you're going to see the stars or not. You don't know if Kawhi Leonard, if, if you're in L.A., you don't know if Kawhi Leonard's going to play. It's going to get to the point where you don't know if LeBron James is going to play or Anthony Davis. So if you're the NBA, this is a problem. This is a problem because if I'm going to spend hundreds of dollars on an NBA ticket to go see my favorite player and he is not playing that night, then all of a sudden I become a disgruntled fan. All of a sudden I don't want to buy that ticket. I can sit at home, watch on TV, and if he's not playing, I can watch another game. I mean, you've got the the NBA ticket, just like football, Every sport's got it now. So if I'm watching my player play, say I'm a a LeBron James fan and LeBron James sits out that night, but I also like what the Clippers are doing and you know what, Kawhi is playing that night in Boston somewhere, I can flip that over and watch Kawhi in Boston because my favorite player ain't playing. But if I buy that ticket, then I'm stuck there at the Staples Center and I'm watching a game and I don't get to see who I feel is the best player in the NBA. Now, I'm not saying I feel that LeBron's the best player in the NBA. Don't get me wrong there. I'm talking in, as talking third person as another fan's perspective. I, I do not think LeBron is the best player in the NBA anymore. Was he? Yes, he was. Is he now? I don't think so. But with this load management, what is that going to do with the NBA as far as people buying tickets? You don't know what you're going to get. When you buy that ticket, you don't know. Season ticket holders, still, you're buying a ticket for every home game. And say you, you don't see LeBron play 20 of them home games. You only got 41. 20 might be a little extreme, but still 12. Even 5. If he's not injured and doesn't play, then as a fan, I'm upset buying the ticket. Why Why buy the ticket to sit there in person and not see the person, the player, that you're, you've come to see when I can sit at home, buy the NBA ticket, or the TV package for the NBA, I think it's NBA League Pass, I can buy that for the same cost as a ticket in person to see it live. I can buy that for the whole season for the same, probably less than what it would cost for courtside seats. And then I can determine on what game I want to see, what player I want to see, And I'm not as upset if my player doesn't play that night. If I'm a LeBron James fan and they're practicing load management that night with LeBron, I can always turn over and see Kawhi. Or I can turn over and I I, I can see Giannis Antetokounmpo in Milwaukee. But get get used to it, NBA fans, because load management isn't going away. It's here to stay. And as fans, as fans that actually attend games, you're the ones that are going to suffer from it. But in large, over time, the NBA will suffer from it. 
What happened to load management when, you know what, you were just that much better than the other team? You got that far ahead that, you know what, your starter players could take the fourth quarter off. That was load management back in the day. That's a thing of the past. But, like I said, now I'm not down on the NBA. Like I said, I've been away from the game. I haven't watched the game. And I don't want this to seem like a bashing session as far as me bashing the NBA and what's wrong with it. Because I'm not joking when I say I'm intrigued with the season so far in the NBA. You're not even two weeks in to the season and you've already got coaches calling out Mike Malone and the Denver Nuggets calls out his starters for for lack of effort. Says he's embarrassed. Says it was an embarrassing it was an embarrassing effort defensively. They gave up thirty seven fast break points. Malone goes on to say, to me, transition defense boils down to one thing, effort. So here's the Denver Nuggets that is actually a good team in the West, and you've got your head coach calling out your starters. He says, we're a great talk team. We can talk before the season starts about all the things we want to accomplish and we want to be a contending team. Malone says it's all bull crap. Paraphrase there. Don't tell me about it. Show me. And right now we've got a lot of guys not showing me much. So you've got a head coach now. And again, you're you're talking about a league that is player empowered. Player empowered and you've got a head coach calling out his starters. He pulled everyone off the bench. Pulled everyone, pulled all his starters, put his bench players in there. And he replaced four of his starting lineup at one time. And then turned around right after that and emptied out the bench completely. And this is a coach that, I mean, you got to applaud him. I I don't care. I mean, I know there's fans out there that... You're all for the players. The players can't do any wrong. And it's this whole whole thing that uh, is driven that the owners are the bad guys and the players are the good guys. And, you know, the organization is against the players and all this and all that. Well, that, one, that's not true. I mean, the organization doesn't make money unless they're winning the organization does do a lot for the players. Um, at, at this point in sports, I don't know that any organization can do everything the player wants because it, it is, and the NBA has started it, and the, it, it's a player-empowered league. I mean, it, it, look at the NFL. The NFL players have tried to went that way, and... Ask Antonio Brown how that's worked out for him. So, regardless, I've watched the shop with LeBron James. I've heard what he said about NFL owners likening them to old white plantation owners, which is completely wrong. And if you ask me, it's it's Ken. Completely, you see, the funny thing is, and, and, and it's something that nobody wants to talk about, that, I mean, it's a touchy subject as far as getting into that and racism. But if you ask me, that statement is a racist statement. But nobody calls LeBron James out for that. But it, it's completely a false statement. I mean, it, it goes back to... You have employers and employees. And that's the way it is of the world. It's not just professional sports. In every walk of life, you have employees and employers. If you are the employer, you set the rules, you set the standards, and that's what the employees have to abide by. Nobody likes it. 
I don't like it with my job. I don't like that I have to do things the way they tell me to do it, especially if I think my way is better. But I have no choice because they're the employer and I'm the employee. It has nothing to do with who owns what corporation or who owns the team. It's the way it is. So now in a player-empowered world, it's absolutely amazing that a coach like Mr. Malone calls out every one of his starters. And I'm sure Malone will get drug over the coals for this. I'm sure it, it will come out that he is a bad coach for this. But you know what? Sometimes they need it. Sometimes players need it at any level. I watched a volleyball game today. I watched a volleyball game to where one team beat the other team the first two sets. And then lost three in a row. And by the middle of the fourth set, that team gave up. Gave up completely. At that point, the coach needs to call him out. The coach needs to do something. Does it mean that it'll transpire into them turning around the way they're playing? No. But we're talking high school volleyball to where maybe the players you have on the bench are not at the level that need to be. In the NBA, they're still NBA players. These guys can play. I applaud Malone for what he did. If your starters aren't going to put the effort forward, if your starters aren't going to do anything to enhance your chances of winning, pull them. And if you think it's an effort issue, pull them. So I applaud Mike Malone for what he's done. I hope his players and his organization realizes what he's done was correct. And there was a time before these players made millions of dollars that what the coach said mattered. What the coach said, they lived and died by what the coach said. They played, they didn't want to let down the coach. Now they're at a point where too many players are all about me and what I'm doing. So like I said, Kawhi Leonard, you know, with the Clippers, they're they're exercising the load management with Kawhi Leonard already. Evidently, the Denver Nuggets players, uh, what was it, Thursday night, Wednesday or Thursday night, I believe it was Thursday night, yes, Thursday night. Evidently, the Denver Nuggets decided to take load manage, according to Mike Malone, decided to take load management upon themselves and that every player on the starting lineup decided it was time to take a break. Now, I'm not, like I said, I'm not just, I'm not trying to beat up on the NBA players. I, I do think the NBA is a league that needs help. And everyone says the NFL, again, go back to LeBron James and his uh, plantation owner's comment on his show, The Shop. There's a reason the NFL is the, the biggest league in the world. There's a reason. And it's ran tight. Maybe a little too tight. Maybe Roger Goodell does overstep his boundaries some. But there's a reason that league is successful, is at the most successful of any sports league in the world. And while the NBA, there's stuff out there, the NBA is gaining ground, the NBA is gaining ground. They may be gaining ground, but they're still behind. 
they're still behind. And you, as a league, you have to have some structure. I have no problem with the player empowerment. But you can't let the players run the league. You can't let them decide when they're going to play and when they're not going to play. And as far as the player empowerment... When did when did sports become the players against the organization? That's a bad thing in every sport. That's something that will disrupt your team, will disrupt the sport altogether. It shouldn't be the players against the organization or the players against the coach. You sign up to be one entity. And we see now with players holding out, uh, not wanting to honor their contracts, opting out of their contracts. Um, you know, Anthony Davis with what he did in New Orleans, uh, Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh, Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh. But at some point in time, it it, it it's so far out of reality. Because when you go to a job in in a normal aspect, and I say normal meaning the, the, the regular working class human being, when you sign up to do a job, you know they have their rules, you know how they have their regulations, and you know if you don't follow them, you don't work there anymore. And they don't owe you anything if they decide to term, terminate your employment. You can't go back and try to sue for 10 years worth of salary. That's the way the real world works. And somehow professional sports have gotten away from that. And part of the reason they've gotten away from that is player empowerment. I'm not saying that players need to concede everything. I'm saying that at some point the players need to give back some. Now, with that being said, one more thing I want to talk about. In the NBA, we are using cue cards. Cue cards. I absolutely love this story. Absolutely love it. We're talking about Coach Kenny Atkinson and the Brooklyn Nets. Using cue cards to put plays in. Just like college football. College football use, uses cue cards. It's a beautiful thing. I got to tell you, I, I didn't think I'd see it in the NBA. But sure enough. Sure enough. During the game between the Brooklyn Nets and the Houston Rockets. Kenny Atkinson was holding up a... Huge cue card with a picture of Dennis Scott, former Orlando Magic player, with the big circle and the slash through it. And uh, Atkinson, he says, uh, it's just a defensive coverage we have. We've had trouble communicating it to guys in the past, so we came up with this idea where everybody knows sometimes if you have a little humor in things, it sinks in with your guys. I, I like it. Whoever thought you'd see cue cards in the NBA? I, I, I like it. I look forward to This is going to make me watch more Brooklyn Nets games. I uh, I don't care. I want to see the cue cards. I want to see more Brooklyn Nets games. So, but like I said, the NBA two weeks old, and I'm intrigued. I look forward to the rest of the season. We're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. Get into our normal half of the show football talk. We'll be back right after these messages. Stand together, united as one. 
Forward on we go. Facing friend and foe. We will know what it is. We have not time for that. If we make mistakes, we are lost. What's up everybody? Jim here from Sports Talk with Jim. Just want to take this time to tell you about some friends of mine. If you're in the North Georgia area and you've got some stuff you got to get rid of, no matter what it is, old furniture, maybe you've got a garage or a barn that just seems to accumulate everything, you don't want to take the time to load that stuff up, haul it away, pay to dump it all by yourself, you know what, give my friends at North Georgia Junk Removal a call. They'll take care of all that stuff for you. Number 678-934-1344. Or you can check them out on the web at www.ngajunkremoval.com. You know what? When you give them a call, tell them you heard it on Sports Talk with Jim. Welcome back to hour number two of Sports Talk with Jim. I want to remind you to check us out on the web, www.sportstalkwithjim. Also check us out on Facebook, Sports Talk with Jim, and we are on Twitter. And like I said before, we're available on six different platforms to listen to your podcast. Uh, Anchor FM, Spotify, uh, Radio Public, Breaker, uh, Pocket Cast, and there's one more that I can't remember. Don't want to leave anyone out. Overcast. No, Overcast is iTunes. Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Anchor.fm. Sorry about that. Now, we're going to talk about the NFL. And I got to tell you, what I want to start this conversation out with is the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield. That's where I want to start. But I can't. I can't start with that. Because after my speech on player empowerment, and after my speech about the between the players and the organizations, they have to work together. And then if we get a situation, and I'm not sure, so sure, I don't know, I don't know how this, I don't know where to gear, go here, put it that way. You got Trent Williams with the Washington Redskins. And he he reported back this past Tuesday. He reported back because if he didn't report by 4 p.m. Tuesday, uh, he he'd need the team the team to apply for uh to the commissioner's office for his reinstatement, and it he could have lost credit for a whole year in the NFL. But at the same time, Williams come out. He he talked to the media Tuesday, and he came out and, and he he said before that there was a lack of trust with uh, between him and the organization. Well, no one was quite sure what that lack of trust was. And Williams, when he talked to the media, he, he didn't say that he would play for the Redskins this year. But the reason for the lack of trust was that Williams had a, a tumor removed from his head And doctors told him it, it was only weeks before he wrecked his skull. He was told by doctors to get his affairs in order. 
actually talked to his two children that are ages 9 and 5 about the fact that he, he might not return. About the fact that he might not be there anymore. I can't even imagine that conversation with my kids. My kids are 25 and 18. I can't even imagine that conversation to have with your kids. Let alone them being 9 and 5. 9 year old and a 5 year old. And he, he said he had this growth for... I think it said six years. And the Washington Redskins medical staff said it was nothing to worry about. For six years, it's nothing to worry about. Until this past off off season. And of course, the Redskins are, are saying that's not true. But, I, I mean, this is just a crazy story. This is, this is black and white as far as it goes. Trent Williams is saying one thing. He's saying, you know what, I had this tumor, and I, I brought it up to the medical staff of the, of the Redskins, and they kept telling me that this was nothing to worry about. It wasn't serious, and... This went on for six years. And the Redskins are saying that we handled this correctly. And we encouraged him to see a specialist. And the Redskins um, said they requested the NFL Management Council and the NFL Players Association to review medical records and the medical care given to Williams. So, I mean, that's a big step for the Redskins to ask for this. So it kind of makes you think, because let's let's face it, Williams wasn't happy about his guaranteed money to begin with. Now, I'm not saying Williams held out just for the money it's just such a weird story. William said of the Washington Redskins medical staff, they kind of un- underestimated it. And it was far more advanced than they realized. And I don't think they realized how long it was there. Williams also said that When he took Dan Snyder's private plane to Chicago to get this taken care of, Williams said no team official visited him at the hospital during his two weeks in Chicago. But former teammate D'Angelo Hall did. The team comes back and says that head athletic trainer Larry Hess spent at least a week with Williams in Chicago. The source also said multiple team officials called Williams during this time and after he was released, but those calls weren't returned. And this is a big deal. And when this investigation comes out, you're going to find out who's telling the truth and who's not. And if Trent Williams is telling the truth, then you know what? The Washington Redskins, I don't even know what you do in college football. You you penalize them. You They're not eligible. Uh, they're not eligible for bowl games, which takes money away from them. Uh, you, you can damper their recruiting efforts. There's things you can do in college football to actually hurt the organization and in the NFL about the only thing you can do is find them force them to remove management Dan Snyder's not going anywhere and Trent Williams actually in his conversation says he doesn't have a problem with Dan Snyder 
But if this was, if Trent Williams was taken care of so poorly, and like he said, I mean, he believed what he was being told. These these are medical professionals that his entire career and entire life is in their hands. So if they tell him it's not a big deal, he's going to believe them. I mean, I can see that wholeheartedly. Unfortunately, I've seen instances where family members of mine have went to the doctor and they've, they've, they've told them one thing and it's been another. So I, get, I can see that. But if the Washington Redskins organization handled this so negligently... How do you penalize them? How, how, what is a strong enough penalty for putting someone's life at risk? Now, with that being said, everything Trent Williams is saying, the Washington Redskins also have came out publicly with a complete opposite. Trent Williams has said that they pretty much ignored this growth for six years. The Washington Redskins say that they told Trent Williams to go see a specialist about this. Trent Williams says he wasn't visited by anybody or contacted by anybody from the organization when he was in Chicago having this surgery done. The team says that their head athletic trainer was there for at least a week and multiple members of the organization tried to reach out to Trent Williams. I mean this this is I mean this is a complete he says she says. And I believe who whoever during this investigation, and that's one thing that jumps out at you, is the Washington Redskins are the ones asking for the investigation. That's the Washington Redskins and Dan Snyder. And like I said, Trent Williams said he had no issue with Dan Snyder. But that's the Washington Redskins coming out front and saying, we don't feel we did anything wrong in this. That's the Washington Redskins saying, you know what? It's unfortunate he had this health issue. We took care of this health issue. But this all stems from a contract dispute to where he wanted more guaranteed money. Now, if the Washington Redskins did handle this so poorly, and the medical staff did not take care of their one of their players, then like I said, I, I think, I don't know how abrupt... I don't know how severe the penalty can be to an NFL team other than firing members of management. I don't, the NFL can't just pull ownership from someone. So I don't know what that penalty is. But on the other side, if the Washington Redskins, which I don't think any of us believe, but if the Washington Redskins are the ones telling the truth on this, what does that say about Mr. Williams? Now, I guess right now he's got a clean bill of health. Uh, he, he said he, I saw where he suffers some discomfort when he puts his helmet on. The Redskins are looking for someone to um, design a helmet to where he doesn't feel that discomfort. But... Like I said earlier, Trent Williams never said that he'd play for the Washington Redskins this year, and he very well may not. He had to report that way he didn't lose credit for this year playing, which would push off free agency longer. But if Trent Williams is wrong in this situation, what does that say about him? What does that say about him as a player, as, as somebody... 
that's hoping to land somewhere on a free agent market in, I believe it's two years. It's not a good look. Somebody, when this is all said and done, somebody's coming out of this with a black eye. A huge black eye. And if it is the Washington Redskins organization, then even though Trent Williams doesn't hold any grudge against Dan Snyder, Dan Snyder is the boss, and I hold him completely responsible for this. And it's a shame. It's a shame that you don't take care of the players that are playing for you. It's a shame that something like this could come to the point where this young man is facing his two small children and what he thinks may be the last time he ever sees them again, the last time they see him again. So if the Washington Redskins did handle this as negligently as accused, then I think the punishment, whatever it may be, whatever the NFL by its laws and rules can do, should be abrupt and should be to the maximum level allowed. No holds barred. If the NFL can say, you know what, you're, you're no longer an owner of this team, uh, you need to sell the franchise, which they may be able to do because I do remember that Carolina there had to be sold because their owner with um, with bad conduct there had to sell that team, had to put the team up for sale. So if they can do that, I, I hope the NFL acts quickly, abruptly, and sternly with the Washington Redskins. If that's not the case, and the, the case is that Trent Williams is saying this because he's not happy with his contract. He is saying this to try to get out of Washington, then Trent Williams, I don't know what to say to you. Now, I understand neither here nor there who's right or wrong. Mr. Williams underwent this procedure, and Mr. Williams did have the cancerous growth, growth, and it did have to be removed. It's still a serious medical issue, but... If you go through this serious medical issue and that that much of a life-defining moment and you still come out and with this and it isn't true, then as I said, whoever is wrong here, whoever's not telling the truth here, I think the punishment should be swift abrupt, and stern. So we'll see how this plays out with the NFL, with the Washington Redskins, and Trent Williams, but don't expect Williams on the field this weekend. Still, like I said, last last I saw, um, he was suffering some discomfort with the helmet. So... Don't expect Trent Williams on the field this weekend, Washington Redskins fans. One thing you can expect, it was it did come out earlier that Dwayne Haskins will be your starting quarterback this weekend in place of Case Keenum. And you know what? All we've heard is that Dwayne Haskins isn't ready to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Dwayne Haskins isn't ready for this. He needs some developing. Well, I guess Sunday will be trial by fire. And we'll get into that a little more as we go through this week's upcoming games. And I give you my picks. By the way, my picks last week now, not so good as the week before, which by many takes, the week before wasn't very good either as far as uh, uh, what, what I go, 7 and 6. 
This week I went seven and seven. So it's picking against spread though. Like I, like I've told you a hundred times, better at your own risk. If I was a professional gambler, I wouldn't be talking to you now. I wouldn't have to get up and go to work every day. I'd just gamble. I'd just bet football games, relax, drink a Mai Tai on a beach somewhere, and give you my picks once a week. This would be like a 45-minute show. I'd just come on give you my picks against the spread while I'm drinking my Mai Tai. Then I'd shut this thing off, and you do what it is you do with your money. I'd bet my money. And I would laugh all the way to the bank. But I'm not that good, so bet them at your own risk. But before we get into this week's games and my picks, I have to talk about, have to. I told you I wanted to start with this. But you know what? I'm going to tease you a little more. And it tease you just a little more. Because there was a game Thursday night. You didn't get my you didn't get my pick on that game. I don't even know what the spread on that game was. But it's San Francisco Giant San Francisco 49ers against the Arizona Cardinals. 49ers won 28-25. One one thing with the San Francisco 49ers, the the entire rage of the San Francisco 49ers has been their defense. Nick Bosa and that defense. The question against the 49ers was what happens if that defense doesn't hold up? The question which I still have I'm still not convinced. I'm sorry. I'm still not convinced. But the question is, what if that defense doesn't hold up? Can Jimmy Garoppolo do what needs to be done to win a game? Well, the defense didn't look good Thursday night against Arizona. And Kenyon Drake come over from Miami, from Arizona, or to Arizona from Miami. And he looked like a beast. I mean, he he hit the ground running. He's just traded on Monday. He come in at 110 yards rushing, 52 yards receiving, and a touchdown. Hmm. Miami's just dumping off good players everywhere. Everywhere. Minka Fitzpatrick to the Steelers. Kenyon Drake to... The Arizona Cardinals. And they say they have a plan. But they're dumping off some talent. And I got to tell you. I watched this game. And you know I'm not a big fan of Kyler Murray. And I'm not. think he's a better baseball player than a football player. But I was impressed by Kyler Murray. I thought Kyler Murray looked pretty good. Against San Francisco. But in that game, Garoppolo went 28 for 37. Threw for 300, I think it was 317. Yeah, 317 yards and four touchdowns. So I ask you, does this prove that Jimmy Garoppolo can put this team on on his back? And win a game when need be? Does this one game against the Arizona Cardinals prove that Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback to lead the San Francisco 49ers into the promised land? I'm sorry, but I I still can't buy into that. I, I still can't buy into Jimmy Garoppolo being able to put this team on his back and win the Super Bowl. Now, Garoppolo had a great game Thursday night. He did put the team on his back Thursday night. They did win. 28-25 over Arizona. I'm sorry. I'm I'm still not buying into Arizona. Now, I I think they won three in a row coming into this game. But 
I don't see Arizona being a powerhouse. Now we're going to find out with San Francisco. We're going to find out as the season goes on, as their schedule gets harder. And we're going to find out more about Jimmy Garoppolo then. But I'm just not buying into it. Now another thing I want to talk about. Josh Gordon being released. Gordon released from the Patriots, picked up by the Seahawks. Like Russell Wilson and his, well, who who could be the first half of the season's MVP. Like he needs more weapons, right? I mean, Wilson won't be available this weekend, but he'll be available when they play San Francisco in two weeks. And then we'll see. Because the Seahawks... Picked up Gordon. And let's face it, Gordon hasn't had a good year. Gordon hasn't had a good career. And he had that one breakout year, uh, showed what he could be, possibly be. And he's struggled with off-the-field problems ever since. He's been suspended. Come back off of suspension. Everyone thought the Patriots, Bill Belichick had a soft spot for him. Thought that he would stay, would be with the Patriots as long as he could keep his nose clean. And with the signing of Mohamed Sanu, the Patriots decided to let Gordon go. And he'll join the Seahawks. Uh... With receivers Tyler Tyler Lockett and uh, DK Metcalf. Like I said, he won't be available this week for the Seahawks against Tampa Bay. I think I think they'll be okay without him this week. But Gordon, he's had twenty catches for two hundred eighty-seven yards and a touchdown this season in six games with the New England Patriots. Now, at this point in Gordon's career, Mohamed Sanu probably was an upgrade from Josh Gordon. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I would like to see them make a move to get Josh Gordon just to take some of the pressure off Juju Smith-Schuster. But now he goes over there, and Josh Gordon doesn't have to be the leading receiver over there. And Josh Gordon doesn't have to go oh, go to Seattle and be a superstar. And you've already got Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf over there. And Metcalf, uh, even though a rookie, has definitely got the potential to be the superstar. In Seattle. And Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. Russell Wilson. Sorry. He's. He's not going to throw the ball everywhere. I mean. Actually. That, that, won't, that won't affect Gordon much. Because. Wilson's. Kind of Brady-esque. And Wilson's gonna Wilson. I think I think Russell Wilson is a game manager for most parts. Manages the game, does what he needs to do to keep Seattle in the game. Where Russell was, why am I stuck on Russell Westbrook? While where Russell Wilson exceeds, excels is in the fourth quarter. Russell Wilson might be the best fourth quarter quarterback in the NFL right now. And from Gordon coming from New England to Seattle, it's not like he's taking a huge downturn in quarterbacks. You've got one quarterback that's presumably the greatest of all time. 
you've got another quarterback that is one of the greatest of this time. So we'll see how that plays out in Seattle. Now, when we come back, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I've got to dive into the Cleveland Browns. I've got to dive into this debacle that is the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns keep making things worse than themselves. Why can't they see it? Why can everybody else in the universe see it, but the Cleveland Browns can't? We'll talk about that when we come back. Hey guys, if you're like me, you're a huge sports fan, but it's really hard to find a good sports talk show on the radio to listen to. A lot of them are owned by the same company who tells their host the opinions they should have, or they're just a show that's coming up with these hot takes that have no validity to them, and they're just looking for more clicks or more listeners. If you want a fan's perspective, a different outlook on the sports world, and a true opinion, right or wrong, then check out my new podcast, Sports Talk with Jim. We're available on Anchor.fm. Uh, Spotify podcast, and anywhere else you listen to your favorite podcast. Also, check out our website at www.sportstalkwithjim. Check out our Facebook page at Sports Talk with Jim. Check it out. Let us know what you think. Hit us up on the website. Let us know what you think of the show. Give us your opinion. And you know what? Check it out. It's something new and original, and you might like it. Thanks for listening.